so last week, you may recall, dear listeners, that I uh, read out a certain number of digits and words to activate sleeper cells among you, and I am pleased to announce that one listener heeded the call. David DePape, you are the podcast listener of the month for going down to San Francisco. My hammer brother. That's oh, right. Oh, what? Is that the guy that attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a coincidence that like a few days after the episode aired... This guy who has Canadian ties and is like a crunchy hippie, although also insane and right wing, uh, took a hammer to DUI King Paul Pelosi. No, yeah. I think I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Violence is bad. And I'm you not can saying tell, it's good. I'm just saying you can like, tell he that he's. News. <laughs> you can tell that he's one of our guys because he also failed to kill <laughs> yeah. an 80 year old man with a hammer. Yeah, uh, David DePape, hilarious because he's like. Very clearly, this insane QAnon right winger. But yeah, every he's a gamer gator. He yeah. goes like, oh, he's like OG man. Black he's Adam. like way way back. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about how movies are doing the Great Replacement. But every single right wing person is like, look at this leftist gay. Who, <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine being him. It's like I'm gonna make history. I'm going to take a hammer to the insider trading DUI husband of Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi. I'm gonna become a hero amongst my brothers on the right. And literally ten minutes after you do it, they're like, check out this homo. Oh my god. Yeah. This guy met Paul Pelosi at a gay bar. And then Elon Musk, <laughs> the 9,000 IQ genius he is, is like, hmm, there's more to this story than the mainstream media lets on. And it's perfect. It, like, it used to be like Oliver Stone, like JFK style conspiracies, or, like around like, oh, everyone that I don't like uh, is a gay guy yeah. uh, in this massive network. That was like a liberal conspiracy yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, that's a JFK conspiracy. Yeah, but now it's wrapped back around. And it's like, oh yeah, anytime... Uh, I, I like why are like why is the right not championing this guy? Because he failed. I, I guess yeah. Stop. It, it, if no was, one should be championing him. He tried to kill people. I know. But just like it's not a positive for anybody. No, for the right wing, it is. Are you kidding me? If this guy had succeeded yeah, in killing Nancy yeah. Pelosi, this would have been like oh my the greatest God. day of their lives. They would yeah, be but, like so the elected ex- Republicans aren't supposed to say that. It would be like not in public. No, no. Not. But I mean, I'm talking about people like fringe right wingers. I don't yes. even mean necessarily like. You know, We're talking about the Chan boys. Yeah, like Gort Henley denouncing his actions in North Carolina's <laughs> House of Representatives. It's like, no, like, the people on the right, like, his fellow brothers-in-arms, like, all the weird media freak people that talk about the cuck staff and Star Wars and how BB-8 is the cuck ball. It's like, they should be like, yes, our guy went out there and did it. But instead, they're like, ugh, look at this gay guy. He used to walk around naked. And uh, it's very funny that he uh, he ruined his life for nothing. Yeah. And it would have um, been even, like, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good thing that Paul Pelosi didn't die. We should say that. It's like, yeah, you know what? It is funny uh, yeah. that it happened. <laughs> but it would have been funnier if he had succeeded in the sense that he would now be, like, a world historic figure. And he's, yeah. like, the funniest guy that could be a world historic figure. <laughs> where it's like, ah, yes, David DePape alongside, like, Lee Harvey Oswald. Where it's like, yeah, DePape, you know, he spent his time on a nudist colony. He he and his wife, like, abused a bunch of children. And then he went insane from watching Black Adam. And seeing the sheer white genocide portrayed on screen caused him to beat Paul <laughs> Pelosi to death with a claw hammer. As if he were Joaquin Phoenix and you were never really there. <laughs> My only regret about this guy is that he wasn't also an incel. Mm. Because there's, like, such a good for want of a nail joke that I could make. That I can't. Mm. 
No, you he's know? like the opposite of an incel. He probably fucked too much. Yeah, arguably. Gave him brain poisoning. And it's, you know what, it's probably a good thing he has to now adhere to No Nut November because he will be in federal prison. Because mm. I don't think he'd have been able to make it otherwise. And we can't lose another brother, you know? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of No Nut November... It's going to become No Work November real quickly for over 55,000 public employees here in Ontario, including yours truly. Now, Megan, I have a question for you. Does the field you're in also fall under QP, or are you a different union? No, we have our own union just for us. Okay, I'm not going to, like, dox you. I was just curious. (laughs) Because, like, there's a gray area with the field you're in and the field I'm in. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Folks, last week, at the end of the show, right at the very last second, I mentioned how we were going to have an update on the ongoing collective bargaining and labor negotiations between the Canadian Union of Public Employees, henceforth known as QP, and our beloved Ontario government. And boy, in the one week since we recorded, (laughs) have things escalated to... Yeah, pretty dramatically. ...an extreme degree. Now, this is not going to be unprecedented... This has only happened once before in Canadian history, but it's certainly a very unique situation we're dealing with. So let's just kind of start from the top and we'll go from there. So for the folks that are listening, if you aren't familiar about what's going on right now, this is a period of collective bargaining for multiple education unions. So you have the Elementary Teachers Federation Ontario, or ETFO, you have OSSTF, Ontario Secondary School Teacher uh, Federation Ontario, and then you have CUPE, which represents custodians, office staff, and educational assistants. So you have two teachers unions and then one kind of support staff union. Gotcha. All of them are negotiating with the Ontario government for a new contract because the four-year window has ended. And sorry, all their windows end at the same time or they're staggered? Usually it's staggered, but in this specific case, all of them ended at the same time, which is probably a good thing because it ended up being quite fortuitous given the developments that have shaken down. Is that because like some of them went for a while without a contract or something Mm -hmm. like that? Is that how it lined up? Okay, gotcha. This is literally like cosmic, like the planets aligning. Yeah, and it's unfortunate for reasons we'll cover but also a bit of kismet where uh it has created this enforced sense of solidarity so let's talk about why this strike is happening now traditionally strikes can happen because you know you have a labor breakdown so in education especially healthcare you can't strike at all you know you don't have a choice you're kind of just like fucked I know, they're fucked, and their working conditions are so bad, and they're oh, yeah. just, like, still fucked. Like, Even worse oh my God. than mine. And I'll get into what mine look like shortly. So, healthcare, you can't strike. You're fucked. You just gotta do it. Education, it's like, you're not supposed to strike, but you still can. You still possess some uh, semblance of bargaining power. So, what is QP trying to negotiate? Well, it's important to understand that The main educational stakeholders represented by this union tend to be the lowest paid amongst the education field. Mm. They are the custodians, they are the office staff, and yes, they are the EAs who work to support students with numerous uh, behavioral, emotional, uh, and learning disabilities. Mm. And it seems like, oh, maybe we should pay the people that, you know, 
keep the school running in the case of the custodians and office admin and the people who do specialized labor working one-to-one with a wide array of uh, unique clientele. Maybe we should pay them more, you know? Maybe that's a crazy <laughs> thought. <laughs> no, I, I like uh, yeah, referring I don't to think them so. as <laughs> I like referring to them as unique clientele. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. Literally, like, every single person an EA works with is just, like, a drastically different case because children have always been complex, but now, given the absolute nightmare world we live in, they are more complex than ever. So, children essentially... have thoughts and emotions. They what? just don't... They don't They don't stop having thoughts and emotions. This is it's news crazy. to me. Yeah. Some of their emotions are, I wish I could yeah. do orange justice right now. And I have to very <laughs> kindly but firmly tell them they cannot do that because it's a lockdown drill and there's an active shooter. I don't know what orange justice is, uh, TBH. Okay. It's, like, it's the new Orange Julius. It's the Fortnite dance. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Okay, side note. I was uh, at my friend's house on Halloween, and I was coming back, and there was a very large street party, um, and there was a group of people. I took a video. I'll have to send it to you guys later. But there was just, like, a group of people in the middle of the crowd that people had, like, carved out a circle for them to do dances, (laughs) and then there was a camera, but, like, none of the people were dressed the same. They didn't look, like, related at all to each other, but they were all doing perfectly in sync elaborate dances, and I didn't know... If it was, like, because they were TikTok or Fortnite dances or something, or this was, like, this world's weirdest flash mob that didn't look like a flash mob. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just TikTok imagining dances the Goss just... under the bridge. <laughs> it was. It was, like, is picture Goss under the bridge, but then there was, like, a, a million other people there just standing around watching them do the same Goths under the bridge dance. It was very strange. The Goths under the bridge dance really peaked with the Mariah Carey edition, I will say. That's mm-hmm. my all-time no, favorite. No, the Thomas the Tank engine one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Duh. That one's good, too. But the Mariah Carey one really gets me in the mood. So, in 2019, that was the last kind of contract renewal period, uh, just slightly before this show came into being, you may recall the whole cuts hurt kids, and there was that big push from mostly teachers' unions to try and claw back the extremely awful cuts that the Ford government made to education then. Mm, yeah. That might sound familiar. Well, in 2019, literally like an hour before a strike was set to come down, they came to a last-minute agreement that got teachers back in school, got support staff back in school. Prior to that, we're talking like in the mid-2000s, the Ontario Liberal provincial government put a wage cap on all education staff that was found to be unconstitutional and illegal and cost the government $100 million. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-oh. Whoops. (laughs) We just started to get out of that in 2016. So from basically like 2008 to 2015, there was no increase in pay for any education workers. Oh, my God. That's so long. (laughs) At least like prices have stayed pretty stable. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. So here's here's the the chart of progression. In 2016, QP education workers got a whopping 1% raise. Yep. Inflation's supposed to be two. Yeah. So in 2017, they got a 2% raise. 2018, they got one more percent. Mm. 2019, they got 2.5%. And that has topped out in with another 2% prior to 2022. So since 2015, wages have gone up less than 10%. Uh, Inflation, if you're curious, cumulatively, has gone up 25%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really fun chart in the CBC mm-hmm. article you sent earlier, Jesse, called The Dispute Between Ontario's... Uh, the 
sorry, the dispute between Ontario's government and education workers explained that has like QP workers, uh, the public sector, federal workers, municipal workers, and private sector workers compared to inflation. (laughs) And private sector workers are like almost at par with inflation. And Q is literally like this dinky little line way (laughs) below everybody else. It's so sad. So let's, let's talk about that because this factors heavily into the central dispute at the heart of this collective bargaining issue. So, now that we are into the collective bargaining period, QP, recognizing that their unionized workers are 17% below the increased rate of inflation, have decided to come out with a strong starting gambit. They asked during their negotiations for a number of things, including an 11.7% raise, which would still bring them almost 10% below. Yeah, inflation. like it's, it's insane. They, you have to ask for that much and it's still like nothing. It's crazy. In addition to that, obviously, they're looking for uh, as well uh, paid prep time. So 30 minutes of paid prep time a day, yeah. which EAs do not get, which is fucking fantastic. That's great. Everybody else gets it. No. None of that mm. for us. In fact, most of the time, you don't get to take a break because you have to cover every class. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get about 10 minutes a day mm. <laughs> to eat my lunch, which is great. Uh, oh. uh, That's and good illegal. for your digestion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> also looking for overtime at twice regular pay rate, in addition to an increase in benefits and professional development sessions for workers, all well within line for what you would see in any traditional kind of education agreement. And what people don't seem to realize is QP is asking for 11.7%, but that doesn't mean they're expecting to get it. It's negotiation. Oh, yeah. Of course mm-hmm. not. You're yeah. literally they're, starting out with the highest number you They're probably aiming for five. I think, I think eight is probably the realistic figure they would like, and I'm hoping they won't settle for less than that. I hope so. But the response from the Ontario government was... Basically, that's not happening. Uh, let us offer you a counterproposal. And their counterproposal was woefully, like, woefully under the uh, actual, you know, request from QP. I'm just pulling up my figures here to talk about uh, some of the facts and myths that the government has put through. So the government rejects theirs. They say, ah, we'll give you 2% annually if you're earning less than $40,000. So it would okay. take it would take four years to get to eight percent. However, uh, what most people don't seem to realize is that essentially, <laughs> almost nobody working as an EA would qualify for that annual two point five percent because because it's part time. It's not even necessarily that. It's because they're like using it. They're basing it off the top rate of the wage grid. Hmm. Where very few people, we're talking people that have like 10 plus years of tenure, are at. Mm. So the vast majority of EAs, which is a turnover heavy position because you don't get paid well and your job is difficult, would actually not qualify for that 2%. In fact, would only get about 1.5% annually, which works out to about 39 cents a day. Wow, amazing. Or sorry, 39 cents an hour, so $6 a day. Yeah, so like half of your transit. Yeah, <laughs> Amazing. exactly. So, of course, upon and receiving... And sorry, just the, to clarify, yeah. like 1.5% annually. Like, you're saying that you would get a 1.5 raise this year, then a 1.5 raise mm-hmm. next year. Not like 1.5 this year, then 3 next no. year, then 4.5. <laughs> no, okay, no. gotcha. It, it's a hard, like, you get 1.5, 1.5, 1.5, 1.5. Okay, gotcha. But that is only if, you know... You are full-time. It's also worth noting that 
Uh, 63% of EAs are seasonal workers, meaning that once the school year ends, they don't continue to be paid. So you have to go pick up a summer job. Uh, 65% of all education workers are laid off every year, which is great. Uh, So the government obviously... Wow, what? Yeah. Oh, you mean like for the summer? Oh, okay. I was like, what? Oh, that's, you know, still rough, but yeah. So the government is obviously not bargaining in good faith. They're like, they they offered something that was quite frankly insulting. Mm -hmm. So the union basically said, well, you know... This is not what we're looking for. At this point, they started to... So this is about a week ago. They start to say, okay, like, here's the options we have. If the government continues to negotiate in bad faith, what we could be looking towards is a potentially temporary revocation of work or a strike. Mm, yeah. So they started organizing this. Uh, here in the city of Kingston, our local 1480 has done a fantastic job of keeping all of its workers in the loop. And what they said is, originally the plan was to pick it outside of specific schools in the area. They changed that and said, no, we don't have an issue with the schools. We have an issue with <laughs> MPPs that are pushing these things through. So the pickets have been switched to outside of MPPs' offices. And mm. on the 30th, so Sunday the 30th, the union gave its five-day notice. Because this is one of the, the only union where you can't just strike like outright. You have to give five days advance notice for it to be a legal strike position. I feel like that that seems to happen with a lot of other unions. Like they, they do I think it because that it's, might be common. It's a good faith thing, but they mm. aren't mandated to do it. The education mm. unions actually are mandated to do it for obvious reasons because it completely throws mm. you know childcare and everything mm-hmm. into complete and utter shambles. And just to reiterate, like nobody wants this strike for reasons that we'll also get into in just a second. So, October 30th, they give their five days notice, meaning as of Friday, November 4th, when this episode airs, potentially up to 55,000 public employees in the education sector could be on strike. Wow. So, what does that mean? That means a lot of schools, including many in the Toronto area, have said they're just going to close outright. Uh, Here in Kingston, they're switching to asynchronous online learning, at least temporarily, but they have also tabled that they might just completely revoke service. Hmm. And what is really nice is that the teachers union here in town have agreed to uh, match all strike pay. So our union would pay us, say, $60 a day. The teachers union is going to chip in $60 as well. Now, what's fucked is that $120 for a picket shift is more than we make working normally. Holy shit. That's so insane. That's really rough. Doesn't that really just kind of uh, sum that, up the key issue here? Yeah, holy And I was shit, thinking man. about the, like, so the fact that because you guys are maybe striking that the um, the schools would close. And I was trying to think of, like, because they didn't used to have, like, you could just default to online learning yes. so quickly. And I was talking to one of my coworkers, and they were like, yeah, our education workers, I remember, striked when I was really little. And there was just, like, piles of garbage all over the school because, <laughs> yep. like, the, the caretakers aren't working and everything like that. So... Yeah, but, like, what do you even do? Like, if you do have one-to-one students that need help, like, mm-hmm. are they just, like, not allowed no. to come to school? Like, so, the yeah. negotiation that's come down is that students that do require that, like, one-to-one... Like, we're talking individuals that have, like, exceptionalities, like, spe- would have been classified as, you know, special needs. Mm-hmm. They actually are still able... It's not crossing the picket line. They are able to come in and get the service they need. Mm. That's an agreement between the teachers' union, QP. Everybody is on board with that. 
Oh, and that's nice, yeah. Which is good, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, that is not crossing the picket line. That is, you need to provide this essential service. But mm. what's so funny is if schools are shutting down because we're not there, doesn't that make us essential workers? Shouldn't we be yeah. <laughs> entitled mm. to, you know, what other essential workers are? So, well, like, on the I same... Don't know. A lot of essential workers are given, like, literally mm. nothing, but... On the same yeah. night as the five days strike warning, the federal... Or, sorry, the provincial government then responded by saying that they were going to... Essentially, give the last offer that they had uh, presented the union and legislate that into existence. And what does that mean? So if they were to legislate that offer, they'd basically force CUPE to accept the offer given, the one where, you know, 2.5% annual, except not really, and, like, make that the now default thing. Where they basically Mm. say, we're signing this contract for you. The reason being, that would no longer legally give us a right to strike because there is a contract in place and a contract that, that can be enforced. I can't believe they can sign for you. What the heck? That's well, so technically strange. they can't. So yeah. it is a massive violation of charter rights. And actually in the uh, Bill 115 like preamble, it says this, you know, in or despite of the Ontario Human Rights Code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is amazing! Yeah. Just sweep that brat, bad boy under. How the can rug. you even do yeah. that? I feel like that would just fail at the Supreme Court like immediately. Well, That's so whack. The goal is just to get it in place so we can't strike. They know it'll get struck down if it moves along, but what they're trying to do is intimidate the union and intimidate individual members to dissuade them from striking, so that it doesn't ever get to the Supreme Court. That's ridiculous because, like, I feel like even if they did that, then eventually if the Supreme Court said no, then you'd be back at square one. Like, this is so insane. And that's the point. (laughs) But, you know, they can survive as long as they want. Teachers are the ones who aren't getting fucking paychecks. Well, and the other... You know? And what's interesting is uh, this is, like, such an obvious overreach of, you know democratic power to the point where like everybody that has a fucking brain is like jesus christ like you can't do this yeah but uh pig ford and stephen leach they're they're all about it they're going to suck this province dry what have we seen in response to that so now we're into november Because that was a big thing where everybody was like, this is fucked, you can't do this. Uh, ETFO, the Elementary Teachers Federation, said they were no longer going to negotiate with the government as long as this legislation was in place. Don't negotiate with terrorists. You heard it here first, Basically, folks. yes. Doug Ford is a terrorist. Yeah. Wait, so sorry, was the counteroffer, like, the one that they said they might, like, just put in place yes. without... That was 2.5% yep. annually? Annual, for everybody or for just those paycheck-y things? For the CUP, anybody in CUPE. Oh, okay, okay. But so again, regardless of like how much you make, it's just two point five percent. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, the ETFO was like, we're not going to negotiate, which then led Ford to walk back and say, well, you know, we're open to negotiating again, which oh. <laughs> they actually aren't because today, uh, November second, Stephen Leach said, I know his name is Lechy, but he is a leech, and uh, I hope he uh, returns to his leech home under the water. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, so he said, oh, yeah, we're not going to negotiate. Like, unless you guys drop your strike threat, we're not going to negotiate. <laughs> hmm. To which the union said, no, obviously not. So, <laughs> Unless you guys get rid of all of your bargaining power, I yeah. won't negotiate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome, yeah. It's like one of the dumbest things. And what resulted today, quite interesting, is in Queen's Park, the provincial legislature, we saw uh, interim NDP leader Peter Taban. Uh, basically call, he's like, Doug Ford, you are a liar. Stop lying about union workers. Mm. And it's so funny because in Queens Park, this was treated as like the greatest insult ever delivered. 
And I was oh, watching. just calling him a liar? Yeah. So oh the speaker God. was like, Representative. Please rescind your unparliamentary oh, comment. Oh, Everyone I'm knows serious. he's like the world's biggest liar. Yeah. Oh, he lies God. about everything okay. all the time. What's most like, bizarre to me, though, and you can watch this on CBC, like literally just Google QP strike. You'll find the video is like at the speaker's like throne. There are four teenage boys in like identical dress and they all stand up together when the speaker stands. And I was like, this is fucked. Like, this does, this gives me a deeply demonic feel. Oh, that's just like, you mean, like, part of the, yeah. like, pomp yeah. and circumstance? Our, our like, government is run by the Yellow King. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the, who are these children? <laughs> They're Why probably they pages. <laughs> I know, but, like, they shouldn't be here. And then, uh, to the credit, like, a lot of NDP representatives continue to just be like, no, like, they're lying, like... Uh, so 16 N- N- NDP MPPs got kicked out of the provincial legislature. So they, they, they got a one-day ban, temp ban. Oh, that's nice, because you always hear about the federal NDP being like, we love small business yeah. owners. So no, it's nice when the provincial party. NDP like actually yeah, like, stands I up like for that. workers. That's I wish really I had nice. a job where I could get suspended. And it's nice because they explicitly say these are, like, they, they use the term workers. They use the term, like, labor and solidarity. It was very... Very good to hear. Yes, obviously it's just like a, a publicity stunt because they know that doing this isn't going to actually matter. But it's nice because it actually brings positive attention onto mm. this labor dispute. People are like, oh my god, I've never seen people get kicked out of Queen's Park before. Mm. Which uh, was great to see. The NDP then also responded by trying to call like an emergency meeting to discuss it. Because right now the thing that's... The, the last straw before striking becomes illegal for education workers, which is an insane thing to say, is the bill actually has to pass through the legislature. Mm. So by calling MPPs, basically what we're just trying to do is get them to stall, 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 at least until after Friday. Mm. So Friday is when like, they go back to negotiate again? No, Friday's the strike day. Oh. But if this legislation gets passed, we cannot have an official formally recognized strike, which means it has to be a wildcat strike. Oh, that's right. If you're unfamiliar, a wildcat strike named as such because wildcats are often like unpredictable and dangerous basically just means that we're still going to strike, but we can't be representing ourselves as education workers. Why? Because in this bill, individual education workers can be fined up to four thousand dollars a day for striking. Wow. Or 10 percent of your annual pay if you're at the top end. Oh Crazy. my god. A day. Like, QB that's insane. can be fined, as an organization, $500,000 a day. Awesome. Oh my god. Like, that, like, it is so, like, obviously mind-bogglingly illegal. But just, like, the, the, how brazen. Mm-hmm. It calls into question, like, what do we even have a government for? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point of this organization? Like... I, like it's its own workers. It's li- like literally like putting a red hot iron on its own. Like the people that it's supposed to protect the most. Oh my god! It, and sorry, this fine is like just introduced with this new yes. possible bill. Like yes. this wasn't a thing before no, for no. QP at all. No, because okay. it would be. It's extremely illegal. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. You, you can't. It's a charter right to have this right to bargain, negotiate, and protest or strike if it can't be met like it, it's hard to imagine anything more extreme than this happening other than like them calling in the rcmp to put you in fucking camps which no doubt like there's no doubt there's going to be a police presence at these rallies partially because 
they're shaping up to be thousands of people <laughs> at each of these. Yeah. But uh, essentially, m- members from the Ministry of Education will be at these uh, protests. And what we've been told is don't bring any identification with you. Because that way, if they mm-hmm. request ID to issue a fine, you can just be like, hey, fuck you, motherfucker. You want to look at my fucking cock? That's the only thing I've got on me. Which is what I'm going yeah. to do. And I will explicitly say, I'm going to show you my penis if you don't get away from me. But the problem is, as soon as they see that penis, they're going to know instantly yeah. that it's you, pal. And that, to be fair, that was my fault. I did sign up for the tracker. <laughs> I just I just like the added safety. Yeah. And you didn't have to put it on your foreskin. They could have put it anywhere. I don't know, I know. why you chose there. Well, that's a pleasure thing. Not for me, for my partner. Uh, <laughs> and wait, sorry. How would striking not as education workers, like, work? How would you avoid the fine by doing oh, that? Oh, you, you, you can just you. say. No, you can just say, like, I, I'm a citizen. I support education workers' right to strike. But it's yep. different than saying QP organized this. Because if there's no proof, like, they can know QP organized it. But if it's not a sanctioned QP strike... Technically, they can't issue a fine. You know, like the, but the kids they still these days. fine you for not nope. being at work and instead being at the, nope, the picket line? No, because that's actually a school board decision. And the school board has made it clear that they support our right to uh, withdraw service for that day. Huh. So, so essentially, you can yeah. gather together and say, we support QP. But as long as it's not a QP sanctioned strike, and as long as you aren't saying, I'm an education worker and I'm striking... There's really not much they can do because it's technically under the right for peaceful assembly. Mm. Yeah, they, these workers, you know, they, they'll just identify as anything, you know. <laughs> I, I don't identify as a QP worker, so you're not allowed to arrest yeah, me. What, what, what's happened to our youth today? Used to be, you were, you were born a worker, simple as. <laughs> uh, you were a serf, you were a serf. That yeah. was it. And that is what's going on. Now, these directives from national leadership change, like, every day but last i saw it's like don't wear your QP stuff wear purple if you have it uh don't bring your id with you just so if you do run into one of the fucking gestapo from the ministry of education uh you don't have to actually give them anything Hmm. so let's talk a little bit about the developments today so there was an emergency press conference held by QP at three o'clock on November second, where the national president Laura Walton, who's awesome, like she's actually really, really fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, a great advocate, comes across very professional and polished, said that if this negotiation continues and there is no like they aren't able to come to an agreement and they, there are like third party mediators and arbitrators involved like it's not just the union and the government there are these third parties that are there to try and make this actually happen mm-hmm. they will be on strike indefinitely the mediators will nope Cupy will oh i was like what that oh, is sick wow. i'm gonna tell you something right now that is I, so cool Cupy has enough money in the coffers because we've been getting support from other unions not just issuing statements of support but actively contributing to the reserve fund, uh, QP could go on strike for three months. Wow. With the $500,000 a day fines. Wow. Wow. They are... And what I just want to make clear to people is we are like... I am an EA. We are the lowest paid people. Mm -hmm. This is not a particularly powerful union on its own. 
the only reason we're able to do a lot of this is because we've been getting support from Etfo, from OSSTF, even mm. from like Liuna and other, like Opsu, like other larger, more powerful unions mm. have thrown in to help us. If That's gonna, awesome. If That's solidarity. And it's awesome. But if they're going to, if the fucking government is going to go to these extreme lengths of literally violating the charter, violating the Ontario Human Rights Code to fuck with the lowest of the low, what do you think they're going to do for some of those bigger, more powerful unions? No, and I remember, like, when our teachers did work to rule when I was, like, in grade 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my teachers... Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm only nine years old. Yeah, um, that's true. But um, I remember my teachers, like, because all the parents were, like, all pissy that they weren't... And, like, they were only doing work to rule. Yeah, they, they literally just weren't doing inter- intramurals. They, they weren't doing, like, extracurriculars. Yeah. And, like, my, all the parents were like, oh, my God. And I remember my teachers being like, we're doing this for you. Like, yeah. you guys might be in unions one day and you can't let the government walk all over you. We were like, oh, okay, I don't understand what's happening. But I really good. wish, yeah, te- yeah, teachers need to, like, if I, I, if I was a teacher, I'd be working that into every, like, oh, oh yeah. like, chemistry class, like, oh, let me teach you about uh the mystical connections you can make uh i don't know I, yeah, how do you know like the teacher that was telling me this was one of like was like a crystals tarot like lady too and <laughs> she was sick. just like unions and i was like yes okay, oh ma'am. my god i love her so, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get earnest for a moment it's time for me to not get silly so i work in a very specialized program where i work with a lot of kids that are like trauma is the main reason why they end up working with yours truly and, like, these are kids that need routine. They thrive off routine. They need this sense of consistency. This strike is, like, the worst thing that could happen to these kids and is the last thing I want because, yes, it's going to make my life more difficult when we eventually come back. But, B, it's just going to, like, it's going to fuck these kids' lives up. I do not want to fucking go on strike. But at the same fucking time, you cannot allow this to pass. There needs to be a reckoning for what this stupid fucking government led by that fucking pig fucking brother of a crack smoking mayor like the wrong ford died uh, is like a consensus this show has had yeah. for a long time like yeah. doug has none of the charisma none of like the fu- the fucking humor of his moron brother rob was i don't think trying to be funny no but, but doug no, can't but even he be was. the funniest thing doug yeah. ford's ever done is stand just the way he oh, stands. Oh, yeah. No, no. The cheesecake. Cheesecake was okay. Cheesecake. And, like, Doug Ford. But if, all- if it was Rob, he would have been comparing it to his wife's pussy, yeah, which would have been sick. He's like, yeah, these QP workers, they, they don't understand what it's like to eat pussy. Oh, my God. That sounded exactly like <laughs> yeah. him. That's so wild. Yeah, he flows through me every now and then. What's also <laughs> interesting is, and this is, like, two final notes. I'm like, yes, obviously they're hypocritical, and hypocrisy has long since stopped mattering on a grand scale in politics. Yeah, I think in the 70s. Yeah. But what's interesting is that one of the things to essentially grant this pay raise to QP workers would be about $235 million. Hmm. Stephen Lecce spent $465 million giving parents $200 childcare handouts. It would only be 200 and something million dollars for this? That's There's not sick. a lot of us and they don't pay us much. Yeah, like that's <laughs> we st- nothing. We'd... The government spent so much on the dumbest stuff. If we got an 11% raise, Megan, we'd be making like $40,000. And like the money they got what? from are you like fucking not doing like, like the 45, license plate 46, stickers. Yeah. Like, that, that, are you for real? Like that is insane. $30,000. Oh my God, <laughs> I make nothing. And it's also interesting, tying this to like old episodes and one of Megan's great enemies. Remember we talked about the development of the green belt? 
Yeah, with Cordellucci. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Doug Ford had been bragging about having this surplus that he planned to use to woo developers into developing in Ontario. Yeah. Where do you think that surplus came from? I'll give you two guesses: healthcare and education. All yeah, like <laughs> we are asking for is simply our money back. Yeah, they literally will pay private companies to, like, build the worst things ever that no one wants and will destroy the last, like, two scraps of nature we have in the province. And they're like, oh, do you want $500 billion to do this uh, on a road that no one will drive on? And it's like, (sighs) okay, awesome. And then it's like, no, you cannot have $9. Go to hell. No, we're going to build gentrification condos for the pets of famous people. Yeah. There's no way to view... Obviously, like, yes, you can say a lot of history in a capitalist system is a war on poor people, but this is, like, an explicit escalation where you are trying to take from the poorest workers every fucking last cent and every idea of dignity and solidarity by refusing them, denying them a chance to stand up and try and make material improvements to their lives. And I'm glad that these unions have shown fucking backbone and shown spine. Yeah. I want to talk about one more thing before I tell people how they can help out because this is just like a funny little thing. So (laughs) in the last few days, our main man, the man we voted for, for Prime Minister three times, all of us, Justin yep. Trudeau. <laughs> I that, voted four times. Yeah, I actually voted illegally. I, I, I took a page out of his book and became a different race so I could <laughs> vote in the second riding. Justin Trudeau said that he was like disappointed at Doug Ford for using the notwithstanding clause. It's like, damn, man, I wish there was something I could do about it. Yeah, oh, man, <laughs> I hate being disappointed. I hate being... And he's right, of course. Provincial, it goes municipal, most powerful, provincial, and then federal, right? Yeah. So what what is there for him to do? You know, great oh job, God. Justin. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that we have you here. Yeah, this this has been, like, a really harrowing talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, oh, my God. Like, you really need to get paid more, mm-hmm. friendo. Like, that, your job is so much harder than EAs, mine. The EAs report more instances of workplace violence than any other job. Oh, mm. easily. Yeah. And it's not even close. Like, I am not kidding when I say in, like, the f- month I've had this job, I have been punched and kicked probably 15 times. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, like, that's just part of the fucking part of the deal. So pay me more. I can't even believe, like, and also, like, making thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars $35,000 for, like, a public sector, like, supposedly, like, a job you need qualifications for and is supposed to be a good job. And, like, literally to live in Toronto, you would need, like, double that, at least. Like, it's so insane. Most fucking education workers, custodian... I was, like, last year when I, I was on a placement before I got my job, the office admin woman, who was there every single day and, like, had tenure, had to work as a custodian at night to pay her bills. Oh, my God. So this woman would work from 7 a.m., to 4 p.m., and then from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Oh, my God. Just to pay her bills. So what can you do to help? Because we're, we're approaching the final. This is a shorter one, folks. It's a it's a real, it's a one-hit quitter. Because well, I actually I just, have but, an emergency meeting at 8, which I am going to as well. Yeah, but before you uh, jump yes, in, I just want to yeah, just finish my thought, uh, which is, like, yeah, like, this is harrowing and just terrible, uh, the conditions that, like, again, go completely unnoticed and unmentioned uh, for years and years and years. Uh, but uh, it's, again, I think really encouraging that, you know, uh, the the union and the other unions behind QP are standing firm mm-hmm. on that. Like, 
it like this seems like like you know how many other you know th- like half strikes or threats of strikes have we had mm-hmm. in the Ontario school system uh and like the the union sort of like even like during covid what like I would argue the like unions just standing down mm-hmm. and like allowing teachers to get completely fucking destroyed uh like by like working in those like pandemic conditions oh, man. <laughs> uh for <laughs> and bad. like getting getting nothing for it like I I was like oh like teachers unions worthless useless pieces of shit but like this is making me you know is is encouraging yeah and like even when you know, you have your your elected representatives uh, saying, "Okay, I'll fight you, but only if you tie both hands behind your yeah. back." Uh, like, I don't know. I I want to remain optimistic. I really, really hope that things shake out at least somewhat towards justice. Mm. And it's oh, sorry, I was just sorry, gonna say wait. the Ontario government overplayed their hand. By the way, like they did the most extreme thing right off the bat, so mm, it's at least yeah. encouraging that like there is not much else they could do. Anyway, sorry, Megan, go ahead. I just was wondering, like, uh, I I've never you know had a job for very long that was what? like obviously able to strike, pro, so I'm not I'm not aware yeah. of this for like the timeline <laughs> of everything. But just to confirm, like. When you are on strike, your negotiators are still like oh, yeah. having meetings. Actively, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've still been having meetings despite all the shit that's going on. Okay, so, so that's good. So hopefully they get somewhere. Oh my god. Last oh. time it was like literally an hour before the strike was set to begin. We are going to be technically on strike at midnight, Friday, November fourth. Mm-hmm. So what can you do to help? Folks, the easiest answer is on Friday, November fourth. Look up your local MPP office. I guarantee you, if you are in the province of Ontario, there will be a demonstration there, whether officially sanctioned or a wildcat strike. Please, please go by. It'll be taking place during normal kind of school hours, so from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. The union members will be there in two separate shifts, 8 to 12, and then 12 to 4. Uh, come by. Bring a coffee. If you don't, you don't have to bring anything. Just join the line. Hold a sign. Even if you come by for 10 minutes and say, hey, I want you to know I support you, that means the world. If you want to specifically do something here in Kingston, we will be outside of Ted Shue's office. That's the Liberal MPP at 837 Princess Street. It's near the Giant Tiger. And word on the street, if you come between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m., you might get a chance to meet your favorite podcaster not named Dean, Megan, or Chance. Ooh, that's right. It Everyone's will not, fourth favorite. Yeah, it will not be hard to tell which one is me. It <laughs> Your never voice, is. If you talked aloud, just look for the foreskin. I'll be the one screaming, and I'll be the one talking about. Yes, there is a tracker in my foreskin. No, I'm not schizophrenic. Yes, I did <laughs> choose to have that put in place for moments like this, so our podcast <laughs> listeners could find me. So please, if you can hear this message. Show your solidarity. Show your support for QP. It doesn't require any kind of financial buy-in. All I ask is if you have a few minutes on Friday, November 4th, because that's the day we know it's going to happen, unless the LLCS curse hits and they come to a deal tomorrow Yeah. <laughs> as this episode hits the airwaves. Yeah, we're going to hopefully get this one out on time. We'll see. <laughs> Exciting. But I really do want you folks to be there. Drop by, even if it's just to say hello, offer a handshake, a hot dog, or a hug. We'll take it because this 
could very well be a long, protracted, and ugly battle, and any support and solidarity would be appreciated. Ooh, we want an Ontario that actually supports and pays people to work and live and enjoy life here, yeah. and doesn't pay random rich people from I don't know the same one neighborhood from in Toronto or from Italy, Italy yeah. to the just worst country. build yeah. whatever they want for seven people to live in. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So. No, well, thank you guys for listening to this because it's like I've this has been an ambient stressor for me. I've been like just furious and stressed all week. And uh, for our listeners, I hope I get a chance to see some of you on the fourth. It would be wonderful. You guys would make my day. Uh, I'm gonna be there for four hours. I'm gonna be yelling, hooting, and hollering in that order. So uh, please, if you're not in Kingston, go look up your MPP offices and go show some support. That would be a great way to make. A tangible change in your community and with that solidarity with that effort we can maybe make a tangible change in this fucking awful province we live in let's do it okay let's do it listening we'll see you next week bye bye i'll be in jail